Our Old Testament lesson, book of Psalms, chapter 119, verses 57 through 64, you found on page 608 of our church Bibles. You are my portion, Lord. I have promised to obey your words. I have sought your face with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. I have considered my ways, and I have turned my steps to your statutes. I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands. Though the wicked bind me with ropes, I will not forget your law. At midnight I rise to give you thanks for your righteous laws. I am a friend to all who fear you and to all who follow your precepts. The earth is filled with your, with your love, Lord. Teach me your decrees. Here's the reading. The epistle lesson is Book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 18 through 27, found on page 1118 in the Church Bible. Present suffering and future glory. I consider that my present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in the eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who is subjected in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as it, as it, in, as it in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our ad adoption to the sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope is that, is, is that, that is seen is no longer a hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we have not yet have, we, we wait, for its, wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes, uh, us, intercedes for us though wordless, with, through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Here's the reading. The Gospel lesson is from the book of Matthew, chapter 13, uh, verses 24 to 30 and 36 to 43. It can be found on page 960, 969 in the Church Bible. Stan, you are able for the reading of the Gospel. The Parable of the Weeds. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed we, uh, weeds 
among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull, the, pull them up? No, he answered, because while you, were, while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the, the harvesters, first collect the weeds and then tie them in, in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it to my barn. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it is will be the end, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will and they would uh, and they will weed out his kingdom, every everything that has caused sin and all and all and who is the devil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace, where then they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When then the righteousness will shine like the sun in the kingdom of, with, of their father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Here ends the reading. Please be seated. You are God's forgiven and redeemed children in Jesus. In Jesus you have his peace and you have his grace and you have his blessings. We're going to look at the New Testament lesson for today. I'd like to just again put before you from Romans chapter 8, verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Heavenly Father, may these words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You who are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. You've, you've maybe heard this before. It has to do with Genesis chapter 1 and the creation account, God making the world in six days and how it, the pattern develops that at the end of each day, God looks out over everything that he had made that day and then it says that God says it was good. And that pattern continues with just a slight change coming up to the sixth day. The slight change is that God, when he finishes creation on the sixth day, it says that he looks out over everything that he had made and God said, behold, it is very good. So when was the first time that that pattern was interrupted and God looked out over his creation and said, that's not good? Genesis chapter 2, where you have kind of a summary account 
of the six days of creation. And, and God takes note, makes note of the fact for us that he sees that Adam is alone. And when he sees that Adam is alone, for the first time the pattern is broken and God looks out and he says, that is not good. Well, the rest is, as they say, history. It wasn't good for Adam to be alone, and so God made a helpmate for him. God made Eve for him. Problem solved. <laughs> now, I wasn't expecting that reaction. <laughs> well, come on, guys. It's not good for us to be alone, is it? And God has blessed us with helpmates. Thank God for your helpmate. Yeah. Well, you might be wondering, what does this have to do with the message that I am bringing to you from God's word today about prayer and our prayer lives? Well, given what Paul says in Romans chapter 8 about our weaknesses when it comes to prayer, especially the weakness of our not knowing what we ought to pray for, it leads me to say this. When it comes to prayer, it's not good for us to be alone. We need a partner. We need a prayer partner. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Do you need a prayer partner? Are there some weaknesses, some deficiencies in your prayer life? Are there some times where you don't know what to pray for? Have there been some times in your life where you just simply haven't had the words to pray? You know, something that I truly admire and appreciate and have been blessed by in being with you folks is your prayer life. Prayer is definitely one of the strengths of God's people here at Shepherd of the Pines Lutheran Church. Talking with Pastor Don Kirsch Friday night, he again remarked how blessed he was. He, kind of hobbled into the sanctuary, didn't he? And immediately said, I was surrounded with people who wanted to pray for me. And he was blessed by that. And I have been greatly blessed by the prayers that, that I receive and, and, and participate in. I was blessed again this morning to sit with, with Brenda for some time before the service and, and to just, we prayed with one another. It's a core value of this congregation. Prayer is. It's one of your strengths that God has blessed you with. And yet, in spite of that, I have to say, Paul's words still stand. We still have weaknesses in our prayer life. We don't always know what to pray for. And when life gets dark, when life gets difficult, I, I think there are times where we simply don't have the words to pray. 
So here's a question I've been asking myself this week as I thought about this passage from Romans and about this, this message. I've been asking myself, what are my weaknesses in my prayer life? How can I use a prayer partner? I'm going to share with you a couple of my weaknesses that I've discovered thinking that perhaps the weaknesses I have in my prayer life just might be weaknesses that you can relate to and have in your prayer lives as well. One of the weaknesses I have is this. When it comes to prayer, I tend to forget who I am. Or to put another way, I tend to forget who I am not. I am not God. Oh, you don't laugh at that one. Hmm. I'm not. Here's what that looks like for me. When I have a problem or an issue that needs to be resolved, my first reaction is to try and figure out what I need to do on my own. If I can't, then God's my backup. And I turn to him and ask him for the wisdom and the counsel and the direction. And, and then when I do think I have it figured out, when I've resolved the issue in my mind, and then I pray and I tell God what he needs to do. Here's the plan, God. You do this, and you do that, and then this will be all taken care of. As if I were God, and he was at my beck and call as a servant. Closely related to that weakness is in my shortcoming in my prayers is that I have a tendency in my prayers to be self-centered. The outcomes that I'm praying for, first and foremost, they're going to help me. They're going to be in my best interest. I will benefit the most. Or at times, my, my self-centered approach to prayer looks like this. This is especially if I am in a conflict with someone or in a disagreement with someone. I'll pray that the other person sees their need to change. That they'll come around to my way of thinking. That they're the problem, but not me. Those are some of the weaknesses in my prayer life, self-centered and thinking I'm God. Relate? in any way, shape, or form to those. This isn't a newsflash, but none of us are God. We don't know as much as he knows. We don't think like he thinks. We do things way differently than what he does. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. 
As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Or as it's, Paul says in Romans chapter 11, Oh, the depth and the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his past beyond tracing out. And then Paul asks a question. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Here's the answer to that question about who knows the mind of the Lord. The Holy Spirit knows the mind of the Lord. Just after essentially calling the Holy Spirit our prayer partner, Paul says this, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. The Spirit knows the mind of our Heavenly Father. He's our prayer partner. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. What encouraging words, what comforting words those are. When we are hurting, and we don't know how to put those hurts into words, the Spirit steps in and prays for us. When we are confused and don't know how to figure the problem out, what's the best way to go? What's the best thing to do? The Holy Spirit is our partner and prays for us according to the will of God. And when sin is blocking our, our prayers and we're being selfish, uh, in our prayers, he is unhindered by our sin and brings in our behalf the prayers that need to be brought to God in our behalf in those moments. Do you remember the story in the Bible about the woman who was caught in the act of adultery and then some men brought her before Jesus to determine who should cast the first stone at her. And how after Jesus has summarily dismissed those men, that what is left is just this woman now before him, bowed down. And at that moment, Jesus also bows down and he's writing something in the sand with his finger. Now, don't you imagine and suppose that for this woman, life couldn't get any lower than what it was in that moment. And that even though her heart was breaking, she couldn't find the words. She didn't have the words to say anything on her behalf to God. She couldn't say anything. 
she didn't need to say anything. Because in those moments, God's Holy Spirit was interceding for her according to God's will. And so it was that Jesus finishing writing, whatever it was he was writing in the sand, stands up and looks at her and exchanges words of forgiveness with her. Woman, is there anybody here to condemn you? Neither do I condemn you. And he sends her then into a new life. Go and sin no more because the Holy Spirit had interceded for her in those moments according to God's will. That's what that looks like. What he did for her, he will daily do for you and for me. So many countless times throughout the day, when you don't know what you ought to pray for, or when sin is interfering with what you should be praying for, or when life has taken such a turn that you don't have the words to pray, the Holy Spirit is interceding for you according to God's will. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. If you and I were to talk, and I was to ask you, what can I pray for you for? And you would let down your defenses and, and share with me what is really heavy on your heart, what is really breaking your soul at this moment. The Holy Spirit would take those thoughts of yours right now. He is. Whatever it is that you would tell me right now, he is praying for you in accordance with God's will. He's taking that burden that's leaving you speechless, and he is praying for you. He's overcoming that sin that's a barrier to your prayers, and he's, he's praying for you. And he's praying for you in accordance with God's will. That's what your prayer partner does. That's what your prayer partner does each and every day. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. And God looked out at that and he said, that is very good. And may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.